Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 251 of the Ankeny Fanatic Weekly Podcast. As always, it brought to our good friends at Coldwell Banker Mid-America. Well, we're going to talk a lot of basketball tonight. Later on, we'll be visiting with both the Ankeny and Ankeny Centennial head coaches as we break down Tuesday night's big Jaghawk showdown in a boys' Class 4A sub-state final. I'll also be breaking down the Ankeny Centennial girls' team's heartbreaking loss to Waukee today in the Class 5A quarterfinals with assistant coach Dave Runchie. But right now, my first guest is an area managing director for Coldwell Banker Mid-America, and he's actually got a new intro for us uh, that he's going to read because he hasn't sent it to me yet, uh, but he is <laughs> Peter Jaquez. Uh, Peter, thanks for joining me. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Dan. Thanks for having me. Hey, you bet. My headphones just spiked a little bit, so I hope the audio on your end is uh, okay. But no, sound good. Thanks uh, for having us. You bet. So yeah, if you got the new intro, go ahead and read it. I'll do it. We really appreciate being a partner with Anki Fanatic and... Um, it goes like this. So for ne- nearly two decades, Cobalt Banker, distinctive properties and Cobalt Banker commercial prime properties in Mid-America have brought the wow factor to every encounter with home buyers and sellers. We unite the strengths of the industry leaders, combining unparalleled operational excellence, innovation, and integrity to consistently deliver more than is expected. We recently combined forces with Cobalt Mid-America, uh, leveraging the strength of their more than 30 years of experience to expand our agent support and national presence together we span six states with a network of over 500 agents and staff. It actually made us not only the largest Cobalt Banker operation in Iowa, but now we're one of the 10th largest globally for the brand. Wow. So it's been a lot of fun. I joined them uh, here starting January. My background is actually in commercial real estate, commercial investment real estate. I've been doing that for about 16 years. And uh, they invited me in to help support our agent base here. So I oversee the Johnston office and the Yankee office. Oh, awesome. Well, yeah, Amy was telling me we're going to have Amy Wiedern on tonight, but she was actually out showing some houses tonight. And boy, on a day like today, what, what a great day to show houses, huh? She is a rock star. And um, yeah, you know, it's the best time to show a house during fake spring in Iowa. This is definitely fake spring. Yeah. 20, is, am I, I haven't even looked at the forecast update, but aren't we supposed to get snow tomorrow? Like, yeah. Why wouldn't we? Yeah. That's gonna, the temperature's going to drop about 80 degrees is what I heard. So, <laughs> got to love Iowa. It's going to be great. Why well, there's a couple things you want to talk about with Coldwell Banker, so I'll just let you lead the way. Just let lead with it. Well, it, again, it's a privilege to be here, uh, be on the podcast. We really appreciate the partnership that we have with you and your podcast and this community. Um, one of the most interesting experiences I've had is the, just the culture in the city. So I grew up in Urbandale, lived near Drake University for a long time, and my family, uh, my wife and kiddos, we moved down near the Adel area. And I cannot believe how close-knit this Ankeny community is. Well, even as you and I were talking about coming into the podcast and knowing some of the, the business leaders because you've covered Ankeny sports for so long, the stories go so deep in this community. So when I came in as a new manager, um, and that's probably been the biggest pleasure for me is just learning the stories, connecting with our professionals, um, and learning how to support them and really take their business to the next level, ultimately making sure we're supporting the community. Well, we've certainly enjoyed the partnership with you guys and all the agents that we brought in here to be on the podcast have been great to deal with and they seem to enjoy coming in. So yeah, we hope we can continue this for a long time. I see a bus driving by. Who, who's been your favorite interview so far? Um, Andy Logan's always good. He's, been oh, on, Andy's fantastic. he's been on multiple times, uh, but Amy's good. Rhonda Dix is good. Rhonda actually sold me my house back in the day, uh, my previous house. But she told me that 19... 1999. 19, I think she said 98. Yeah, I guess, they, I guess it was January 99 when we moved in. So. She's a pro. Like She knows the process, been in the ups and downs. Um, 
sharing the stories around the office and listening to the expertise uh, that's in our office in particular. We've got this agent base that has gone through the last recession, um, has been doing this a long, long time. Lots of good counsel and folks who uh, really understand what it means to own a home, sell a home, do it well, you know, get, get, the, get a value that you can be comfortable with. Well, it's kind of funny when Amy sent me your name and told me that you want to be on the podcast and I was trying to figure out how to pronounce your name. I thought maybe it was Peter Jock. And of course, if you remember, Peter Jock played basketball. Oh, yeah. And for those of you that, didn't know, that don't know this Peter, he's actually six foot ten. So you could have been a basketball player. I, I could have. Uh, unfortunately, my knees, my knees and ankles couldn't cut it. So I ended up being a swimmer. Uh, I was actually homeschooled my whole life. So dual goal with uh, DeWan Christian and played a little round ball with them. And I swam for Urbandale and I swam for Hoover. Oh, okay. Back, uh, when I felt like wearing the swimsuit. So I enjoy sports and I enjoy your podcast. Oh, well, like I said, we enjoy having uh, your partnership. Is there anything else that you want people to know about, you know, Cobalt Bank or if somebody's looking to find an agent or to find a house here in Anchorage, what, what should they do? What was their, what's their plan of attack? Great question. I, you know, I don't want to be cliche. I think the best time, no, I'll leave with it. I'll, I'll leave with this. As we hear the news in the markets today, uh, whether you're a buyer or you're a seller, it seems like there's a lot of question marks. And uh, our team really wants to help everybody get into the next step towards whatever their dream home is. And, and maybe you're there. Uh, if you're not, though, don't, don't hold back today because you're afraid of uh, an interest rate number. It's, it's only one part of the equation. Um, it's still, still very much a seller's market. Is it moving the way that it was uh, you know, three years ago when somebody could just fall out of bed and have a purchase agreement and, and sell their home? No, it takes a little bit more effort than that. It takes some thought, it takes some good marketing, uh, but it is, it's still a seller's market. It's a great time to look at what the next stage may be and getting you into that dream home. Well, hey, Peter, thanks a lot for coming in today. I appreciate it. We'll have to do this again. I will look forward to it. Oh, one other thing before I let you go, you were telling me off air that uh, you do your own podcast, so you're, you're not uh, new at this. So, so tell people about your own podcast. Oh, you're sweet. <laughs> uh, well, I do. I have a small podcast weekly. Uh, it's called the Iowa Ag Podcast. Um, one of my business ventures uh, through the years was in the agriculture space. So I, I was um, uh, really developed a passion for understanding the agriculture industry when I was helping farmers get connected to investors and watching the efforts that they have to go through to make their farm profitable uh, really lit a fire in me. So we talked to technology companies and producers, uh, uh, real estate brokers who are dealing with farmland, uh, anybody that touches that space from a seed chem protection group, that's who I interview and just have some real in-depth conversations about how the industry's doing and, and how it's getting better. We're in the right state for an egg podcast. Oh yeah, it was an easy. Once I got over the jitters of actually having a podcast, it was a pretty easy choice to pick the topic. And it's it's fun to do when you're passionate about it. We'll have to check it out. Well, thanks again for Peter for coming in. And uh, like I said, we'll have to do this again sometime. Thanks, Dan. I look forward to it. You bet. All right, my next guest is the head coach of the eighth-ranked Ankeny Boys basketball team. And he has guided the Hawks to a 16-6 and record. The squad will take a six-game winning streak into Tuesday's sub-state final against Ankeny Centennial at Southeast Polk. He's Brant Carlson. Coach, thanks for joining me. How are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me again. Hey, you bet. 
Of course, your team advanced to the sub-state final with a 73-55 victory over Iowa City Liberty. And I wasn't at that game, so I just wanted to get your quick thoughts on that one. I think Carson Johnson had 17 of his 36 points in the first quarter, so it sounds like he was really locked in from the start. You know, I know he's been playing great all year, and it just seems like he's on a mission to get this team back to the state tournament, isn't he? Well, it feels like it. I think, you know, just his will is starting to um, be impressive. I, I think just watching him work hard and lead our team well with confidence and uh, you know, with the 11-day layoff or whatever we had, it was one of those games you as a coach you haven't maybe experienced before. And so it's just, it's great to have a guy like that that stays locked in no matter what the situation is. Let's break down the matchup against Centennial. Of course, uh, Carson was held to 15 points in the first meeting back in December. You guys ended up losing that one by 12. In the rematch earlier this month, you went off for 38 points and your team pulled away for a 13-point win. You know, so there's no question that Carson is always a key for your squad. You know, do you feel like he has to win that one-on-one -on -one matchup versus Luke Winkle or at least, you know, battle him to a draw in order for your team to prevail? It's a good question. I, it's tough to say. I mean, both players are, are just really, really good. I think every team that's faced us and Centennial knows those two guys are outstanding. So. You know, we, we, we do our best to try to get our guys to understand it's the next opponent versus, you know, what is the individual matchup or what is the uh, rivalry situation, trying to get us to really focus in on those things. Because, you know, our other players that have uh, stepped up in all our games this year, KP, you know, having him in that second game was crucial mm -hmm. and really set the tone for us defensively rebounding. We didn't have him in that first game after the middle of the first quarter because of an injury. Right. So it just, you know, our team is, uh, has a good balance and they need each other. And that's kind of been our emphasis. But obviously Carson playing well, um, playing confidently, um, gets us off the right start. Of course, Luke Winkle's had a great season as well, and he's scored 30 or more points in three of the last four meetings against Ankeny. So I'm sure you spent a lot of time over the weekend trying to figure out how to contain him. You know, but he's seen a lot of different defenses this year, just like Carson. You know, he still finds a way to get to the basket. You know, that's a big challenge for you guys, isn't it? It is. I mean, when you look over the years that I've been here at Ankeny now, and facing all the really great individual players that we've faced on really great teams, I think. You know, you're, you're just trying to find ways to make things hard. You know, it, I don't think you're going to stop him. I think you're going to try to, you know, in a sense, contain him in, in the best way that you can. But someone that's that, that, that competitive, that fierce, that tough, um, you know, and that resilient, it's, it's tough to, uh, you know, find those ways. But, you know, we're going to go out there and give it a rush out. Let's talk about some of the factors you know that could go into deciding this game. Uh, you know, I think the rebounding battle could be could be one important one. In, in the first game, uh, you guys were minus six in that category. In the second game, you know, with, with Kate Peterson back, you guys were plus three in that category. You know, I'm sure you feel like Coach Fontana does that that's going to be important. Sure, I think most basketball coaches would say that. I think you know, you know, every coach talks about the rebounding battle, the free throw battle. You know, how many you make versus the opponent's attempts and things like that. And I think for you know for us, I think it's it's always been about getting a shot at a possession and taking care of the basketball, you know, and really letting our offense help our defense, so to speak. Um, it's no different. I think this game's the same thing. It's, it's the, to me, it's the team that can play their game in the biggest of moments and keep it as fundamental as you can and not get uh, so out of your, your space or out of your role, you know, is going to win. And uh, those stats, though, are going are to definitely play out. Well, both those games were so well played. I didn't realize until I looked it up uh, online that you know there's only a total of 20 turnovers in those two games. Uh, you guys had just five and six in the two games. Uh, is that just a, a, a factor of, from the kind of way the guys play defense, or, or why do you think there's so few turnovers? I think both teams are just really good offensively. I think both teams really focus on getting a shot at possession. You have a lot of seniors out there, guys that don't want to lose. I mean, you really understand their roles too, and so. You know, I think that's a huge factor. It's not saying that both teams haven't taken a bad shot or two, but at the same time, sometimes that's better than just a you know, pick six turnover at the top of the key to go the other way. So, 
you know, that's always been our goal here, Nikki, to, to make sure we can call the shot every possession, um, being aggressive again, guys doing their thing, their role, no matter the moment, you know, and trying to be as consistent in that way as we can. We talked about the impact that uh, Kate Peterson had in that second game, you know, and I think definitely the role that those role players have is going to be uh, a huge. I know in the first game, Centennial got uh, a lot of production from Will Smith and, and Cameron Kleiner, and you know, it, probably whoever amongst those role players steps up is going to be uh, important as well. Definitely, and it, you know what? For both teams, it's probably going to be a new person, just because I think that's the way our teams both are. I think we have some really quality young people here in AK in general, just really competitive people. You see it in all sports, all levels all across the community, so we're really proud to be a part of that. I um, really trust the fact that uh, it's going to be a great game, a great part of the game. And uh, you're right, I think every every player that plays, if, if they can make their impact, you know, it's going to give their team a better chance to win. We talked about trying to get your guys you know, to look at this game as just the next opponent and not, you know, focus on the rivalry aspect of it. But of course, the last meeting got a little heated in the second half. You know, there was a double technical called. Uh, there was an intentional foul that led to another technical. Yeah. You know, and the stakes for this game are going to be even higher. So I'm sure it's going to be intense. You know, do you have to tell your guys to keep their emotions in check? I think always, right? I mean, you're trying your best to, you're dealing with the young, uh, I don't want to say volatile, but you're dealing with young people that are young men and that are trying to, to really win and be very competitive. So we're, we're trying to help our guys be as high in character as we possibly can, you know, that, and that's difficult in big moments. But, you know, our big thing is trying to create better habits every day so that in the biggest of moments we can control ourselves. And that's going to be important tomorrow as well. Um, and if, if they get into personal battles or if they get into that giant thing, you're, you're, you know, the officials in that moment are also under pressure. You know, you don't want to put the, the game in their hands. So I think at the end of the day, both teams are going to come at it. Um, it's going to be fun to see how they do it, how both teams go. And we're looking forward to it very much. We can tell the guys to treat it like any other game, but yeah. we all know that's not, right? <laughs> no, it's not. You know, but any subset game, historically, I'm sure, Satanic would say the same thing from their subset game last year. Whatever, it, it is different. It's going to be different. Neutral site, all the different things that the state does for us. Um, but at the same time, it's still a basketball game, 32 minute basketball game. And you got you to put your best foot forward every possession and, and try to enjoy that journey. I didn't have time today. I was going to check with the Southeast Poke AD and see how many people that that gym can hold. Do you have any idea what it holds, and do you think it's going to be big enough to hold the crowd? Probably not. You know, I, I think the town's going to come out. Um, it'll be fun. I, I, and, you know, this is uh, this will be our what, fourth or fifth subset. I don't remember over eight years, but um, this will be the most people I'm sure that we've had at it. You know, it's going to be loud. I think Southeast Polk. Uh, it's bigger than Yankees gym, I think. But it, it, again, who knows? But there'll be some standing room only, I'm sure. And, it's going to be fun there. Well, there's a lot of room around that overhang that people can stand and watch if, if they have to. So I'm sure they could probably pack you know, 5,000 in there if they have to. There so. you go. Uh, well, other than things we've already talked about, you know, what do you think? Are there any, any things you think will be the, the key to the game? You know, again, I, I go back to, you know, both teams, both, um, you know, coaches and, and, and players. I just think we have really good people here in Yankee. You know, I'm really proud to be a part of that. Um, it's such a great history and tradition that's um, – you know, really, we've had so many few head coaches here in If you look back, Coach Pete, and all the way back to the legend is himself and, and, and Bob and I. So, I mean, it's, it, 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 I'm humbled by that. You know, I feel like that's just a neat thing. And I hope our community can come and be proud of it. You know, the sad part is something I have to walk out of that gym not winning. You know, that's going to be the sad part. But at the same time, it is what it is. It'll be a very competitive, great environment. Looking forward to it. Um, our guys are looking forward to it, and I'm sure they are as well. And um, we'll see you at 10 o'clock tomorrow night what the, what the final answer is. 
Of course, the last game, you know, Carson went off for his 38 points. Luke Winkle scored 37. And at the time, we thought, you know, maybe we wouldn't see these guys play against each other again. And, and now we we're fortunate enough to get that opportunity. I mean, I, I know I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. And I don't know if we'll ever see two guards like them again, especially from the same class. I mean, it, I, it should be a treat. I agree. And there's both special guys. And I think I wish sometimes our state would look at some of that stuff. You know, they do the rankings for a reason. And they really don't align it, you know, the way that the rankings played out. Um, both of those guys at the state tournament would be cool. And I think over the years, the state and the, the state of Iowa has missed out on some really unique talent at the state tournament based on how they set up regional play and all that kind of stuff. But it's out of our hands. You know, but these guys will put on the show. I'm sure they will. And their teammates will do a great job to support them. And, you know, um, I, I think I told Luke after the last game, I was really glad. I probably hopefully wouldn't see him again ever. Um, but like at the end of the day, it is what it is. I'm looking forward to it. Well, I know Bob was talking to Carson, too. I'm sure he told him the same thing. So, <laughs> Well, I imagine both those guys are going to be All-State again, and, and I think they have, like, like a Class 4A player of the year. I can't imagine there's too many guys that have had better years than those two. No, and it's, it's really unfortunate they wouldn't uh, even consider giving them both something at that high level because they both, uh, not only just what they do in the basketball court, but what they do for their team, the program, and I'm sure for their school. Um, I don't know Luke as well, but I know what Carson is for our school and his community and good families, and it's just uh, – it's going to be fun watching both their careers moving forward. Well, I know you've been focused on your game. You probably haven't uh, thought too much about the other sub-state finals, but there are some other good matchups. Um, anything in particular kind of stand out there for you as far as those other matchups? I'm very excited to see how our conference stacks up. I mean, I think Johnson against Sioux City East is a, is a, a game that people are going to be shocked. I really feel Johnson's the team that can do some damage against that mm -hmm. team. Um, Washington Northwest State falls another hard league against another league. I think, I think people are going to be very shocked how well how seasoned our teams are. Um, and then you go to Valley and, and what they're going to walk with DCG. That's a huge game. That would be a really interesting game. Um, so I'm very excited to see how our conference does, not only in subsidy, but in the state tournament. Um, I'd be excited to have our league represented in the finals, you know, two teams again. So oh, sure. it'd be awesome. I, I, I just, I'm just i so supportive of our coaches, how good they are in our league, our players, um, how well they represent our state and our, our central highway area. And I'm looking forward to Again, tomorrow night at 10 p.m., see how it all stacks up. Yeah, it'll be fun to see how it all uh, shakes out. Of course, the winner of the game tomorrow night will go to state. And if all the top seeds advance, you know, you might get a matchup against uh, Cedar Rapids Kennedy at state. Yeah. But mm -hmm. but like you said, if, if one of those lower-seeded teams pulls off an upset, sure. then, then that's not going to happen. But you'll play whoever if you get there, right? Absolutely. Whoever they send us to, that's fine. All right, Coach, thanks for coming in tonight. And, hey, we'll see you tomorrow night. Thank you very much. You bet. All right, listen to the Yankee Fanatic Whoopi Podcast, sponsored by Coldwell Banker Mid-America. MJ Properties is also a sponsor of the podcast, and MJ also is the title sponsor of Ankeny Fanatics. So we appreciate uh, the support and the hospitality from MJ Properties. All right, well, my next guest is an assistant coach for the fifth-ranked Ankeny Centennial girls basketball team, and his squad dropped a 46-44 decision to number four Waukee in the Class 5A quarterfinals today at Wells Fargo Arena. He is Dave Runchy. Coach, thanks for joining me. How are you doing? Well, good, Dan, considering the circumstances, but yeah, thank you for having me. Well, yeah, thanks for joining me. I know the game would be a lot more fun to talk about if you had won, so I appreciate uh, you coming in. You know, so what did you guys do after the game? Did you stick around to watch the other two games this afternoon? We did. We watched um, a little bit of the Davenport North and the Cedar Falls game, and then we stayed for half of the Dowling and Pleasant Valley game. So we watched a decent amount of basketball. It was kind of different having, you know, after having lost. So we, we, we took in both games, but, you know, it was watching a little bit and talking a little bit, so... 
Well, I want to get your thoughts on those games as well, but let's talk about uh, your game first. Uh, let's start with the end of the game, and then we'll break down uh, the rest of it. Uh, Waukee had a two-point lead and then got an offensive rebound off a missed free throw and called timeout with about 40 seconds left. You know how maybe you guys would come out then and start fouling to try to extend the game, but you elected to play defense, and it worked out because you got the stop that you needed. You know, did you consider fouling, though? Because I think a lot of coaches would have in that situation. You know, if I remember right, there was about 40 seconds left and 32 on the shot clock, and we talked a little bit about it at the timeout. And we had a similar um, circumstance a little earlier in the year. I can't recall which game it was, and we just thought uh, they were probably going to have to take a shot with three or four seconds left on the shot clock, and we knew that we, um, if we defended and were able to get a rebound, we could um, you know, control the rebound. We weren't sure whether or not we'd call a timeout, and Maya grabbed it, and we just felt like you know, that was our best opportunity for a, for a shot. She, I mean, we wouldn't want anybody else on our team and a, any other shot and just kind of rolled out. So I thought, you know, at the end, it was probably with the circumstance, the best thing that could happen. Well, the way you guys had defended all day, I certainly understand that. And the next question I was going to ask you was, I, I wasn't sure if you guys had a timeout left. So we did have a timeout. Yeah, we did have a time, one timeout left, yeah, full. Well, I think some coaches would have called a timeout after getting the rebound, too, to set up a play, but obviously you opted just to, to head down the court, and you, and you got a shot, but of course, if you call a timeout, then that gives them time to set up, too. Oh, all of those things go into the kind of the thinking, so we were, um, I think if, if the ball had flown, you know, bounced a different way, we may have called a timeout, but when Maya grabbed it, she's, she can get down the floor so quickly that, um, boom, I mean, I think we had, I looked up, there were about nine seconds left, maybe when she got it, and then all of a sudden, she's down there right at the rim. Well, that you guys did everything you needed to do to, to give yourselves a chance to win the game, other than you just need to hit a few more shots. <clears throat> Your team had uh, 12 steals and forced 18 turnovers. Uh, but to Waukee's credit, they, you know, they didn't panic when they fell behind 10 to nothing. And when they did get shots, they hit just enough of them to make up for the turnovers. Uh, they shot 46% from the field and they made eight of 17 three pointers. You know, so you got to give them credit, don't you? You really do. Yeah, a lot of credit to them. They're a very good team, well coached. I think at the I think we shot it. We've had 51 shots to their 35. So when you look at that, uh, that has been one of our big goals this year to out, out shoot our uh, the other team. And we only turned the ball over six times. So it's, those are winning numbers. We just probably, and I think you hit the nail on the head, we didn't get quite get enough shots to go in. And we felt like after the game started, we just, our kids came out. And I think they played really comfortably the whole game. And I, we just felt that. We talk about getting practice shots like we haven't practiced. There are a few times where we took some shots that were maybe a little out of character right after we got up and they called a timeout. Some of our shots were a little quick, maybe, and um, got them going back again. And, um, I, you know, right at the end of the first quarter, I think it was 14 to 12 or mm -hmm. something like right. that. Yeah. Well, yeah, you guys got off to that great start. I think you really had them rattled. Uh, but then uh, Sophia Hope hit a couple of three-pointers for Waukee, and it just seemed like they settled down a little bit. You know, they just have so many kids who can score, and they ended up with five players scoring between seven and ten points. And that just makes them really tough to defend, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. I think they're just a tremendous offensive team. We've had the opportunity, you know, to play them twice and then to scout them, you know, all three times and just see – there are some teams that have a really pattern to their offense and are maybe a little easier to guard. They just are so versatile. They set ball screens all over the place and then they post up kids. And then once they post up and you get down there and help, and then they can kick it out and uh, hit open three. So it's just, you know, it's kind of a little bit like pick your poison. Um, but I felt um, for the majority of the game, especially to start with, and then, uh, you know, two minutes left in the third quarter all the way to the end, I don't think they had a field goal. So. I felt like our defense probably played about as well as we could have um, to hold them to 46 points. 
We thought maybe you guys were in trouble after uh, Kirsten Halkett hit back-to-back threes, and Waukee ended the half uh, with a nine-to-nothing run to take a 28-21 lead. You know, it seemed like they had all the momentum at that point. What was the message to the girls in the locker room, just to stay the course? Uh, I think so, and to know that we could play better. I mean, I think it was our message to them. We knew we could play better, and like I had talked about earlier, we thought we had some shots that maybe weren't characteristic of what we would shoot. And I think we came out in the third quarter, hit uh, Jaden had a couple free throws, and until uh, he hit a three, so we had a really nice start to to the third quarter, and then um, they lengthened the lead a little bit, I think 40 to 30, if I remember right, right. something like that. And um, So yeah, I mean, we came out, I thought, how we wanted to in the third quarter, and then third quarter seemed to be a pretty well-played quarter, a decent amount, you know, back and forth, and the teens would score, so. Well, yeah, you guys closed uh, the gap at 42 to 37 at the end of the period, and then the fourth, uh, Jaden Pratt scored five consecutive points to give your team a 44 to 43 lead with about 250 left. Now, Jaden ended up scoring a career-high 22 points, and that was half your team's total. And she was able to get a couple of the Waukee players into foul trouble. You know, so you guys obviously felt like she had an advantage in the paint, you know, that you wanted to capitalize on, huh? At the game at their place, um, she was able to get Hope into foul trouble as well. But we felt like we tried to probably pound it into her a little too much, and there was a lot of... And we tried to move around Jaden a little bit, trying to get her the ball in different ways tonight, and I felt, or today, and I felt like we were able to do that. And then we were able to just go top down from Finley to Finley then some nice entries into her um, to, I think, for a score, and then a couple fouls uh, in that area where we where we took the lead. So, yeah, Jaden's a great player, very versatile, and we tried to take advantage of her skill set. Well, unfortunately, after that last basket by Jaden, you guys weren't able to score again. And I, I know Maya had a tough shooting day, and she had a chance to extend the lead with about two minutes to go. But boy, that layup won about halfway down oh, and then yeah. came out. You know, if that shot goes in, you guys are up by three, and, and that might have made a big difference, huh? Well, we thought we were talking about that. We've certainly felt that. Maya, yes, um, she does so many things for us. She's She was all over the floor today. She was stealing, uh, getting tips. We put her sometimes as our help defender where Waukee likes to throw the ball into the post and she was able to tip a lot of those balls mm-hmm. and just her flying around she's uh, had a tremendous season for us and yeah just that ball rolled around and it was it seemed like it was halfway down and then it popped out. Well, in, in uh, the two late games then, uh, you know, that was quite a show that uh, Grace Knudsen and Ava Zedeker put on uh, that you saw for Cedar Falls and Dowling, respectively. You know, that should be a good matchup on a Thursday, don't you think? Oh, I think so, to excel, you know, tremendous players and, uh, well, just really two really good teams, well-coached. We've played against Cedar Falls in the past, and they're very well-coached, and um, obviously we know what Dowling has. Of course, Milwaukee will now advance to play number one Johnston, which rolled to a 60 to 31 win over Valley today. You know, so, so how do you see the rest of the tournament playing out? Uh, Johnston is now ranked 19th nationally. Do you, do you see anybody being able to take them down? You know, both times that Milwaukee's played them, they've played them um, about even the first three quarters, and it seems like uh, Johnston's able to kind of lengthen out the lead because they just continue to score. Um, so I'd look for a similar game to that uh, this next time around. Um, Johnston, you know, they look like. They, you know, they were just really focused, and we, we saw the first part of that game and just being able to score pretty much how they liked. And, and they're a very good defensive team, too. So I would look for something like that in that first game with Johnson and Milwaukee, in which Johnston, you know, it's pretty, maybe pretty close. They're both two really good offensive teams, and then maybe Johnston, you know, finding a way to win for sure. Well, yeah, you guys played Johnston as tough as anybody, you know, the last time you saw him. And, uh, but you guys know, you know, you can play him even pretty much the whole game, but then if you just have one bad quarter, they'll go on that run, and that can be the difference. Yeah, they're just, you know, so um, they're just so strong. They're, they have so many players that can score the basketball. And even, I, you know, in the game today, they were able to, you know, some of the players that came off the bench were able to come in and just, you know, they don't miss a beat. 
Well, Dave, I know you also have a huge interest in uh, Tuesday night's boys' uh, sub-state final between Ankeny and Ankeny Ank Ank Centennial because your son Isaac is a senior uh, forward for the Jaguars, yeah. and he's been a key player off the bench. He averages 4.1 points per game, and I want to get your thoughts on the matchup. But the first thing I want to ask you is this. you know, Do you get more anxious on the bench watching the girls play or, or when you're in the stands watching your son play? <laughs> Somebody asked me that today, and I'm just – you know, you feel like you have a little more control when you're when you're coaching. Like our girls' team, you know, you've seen the other teams play, and you maybe can try to help make adjustments. Not that they always work, um, but I certainly think that yeah, I'll probably have a few more nerves. I mean, tomorrow night, and it, you know the stakes, and um, just kind of a special matchup. Well, I hope the the gym will be big enough for the crowds. I bet there'll be a huge crowd over there. Yes, a very, very big crowd and, and just to have that rivalry and to think about the way the two games played out this year and, you know, how the stakes are so high. It's just, yeah, you know, it's going to be a special night for basketball. You've obviously seen most, if not all, of the boys' games this year, including the, the two previous meetings against Ankeny. You know, what do you think are going to be the keys to the game? You know, I think, and, and if I look back, like at the Centennial's last game against Roosevelt, they were um, initially, Roosevelt was able to score with a little more ease and then Centennial really cranked up their defense. So I'm, you know, I'm thinking Centennial um, probably has a little bit of the edge in the defense and maybe um, Ankeny might have a little edge in offensively. So it's kind of, you know, a battle of those two things and to see, you know, which one kind of stands out at the end. Well, of course, this will be the final matchup between uh, two of the state's best point guards and Ankeny's Carson Johnson and Centennial's Luke Winkle. You know, I hope the fans here in Ankeny appreciate, you know, how good we've had the last couple of years watching these two play against each other because, you know, it may be a long time before we have another pair of guards in the same class, you know, uh, like those two. Now, Carson was held to 15 points in the first game. The Jaguars pulled away late, you know, to win by 12. But then he had 38, you know, in the rematch, and the Hawks went on to win that one by 13. You know, do you think the matchup could just simply come down to which of those two gets the best of that one-on-one -on -one battle? Oh, you bet. Yes, definitely. And I always think in those big games, possibly regional final state tournament games, it always comes down to somebody that steps up that might not, you know, you might not expect. It's always somebody that might – uh, play a role that maybe hasn't done it quite to that extent. So those two, boy, I remember sitting back and just watching that game at Ankeny and just kind of saying, wow, you know, both of those going back and forth. I don't know, both of them around 40 points. I can't remember the exact number, but it was it was impressive. So, uh, yeah, I just think it's going to come down to who might get a chance and get some um, contributions from the kids maybe you don't expect. Well, it should be a lot of fun, and I'll probably see over there. One thing I didn't mention earlier, we were talking about your game. Of course, that would have been today's game would have been the 700th career win for Coach DeYoung. I'm sure you, as well as all the players, would have loved to have uh, you know got it for him, and that would have been a great way to do it, huh? Uh, yeah, it would have been. It would have been pretty special. I just think it's um, you know it's been such a privilege to be able to work with him for as long as I have, and and he would he would certainly. Um, you know, him haw a little bit about it and say it's not about him, but yeah, certainly to think about, you know, 700, 700 wins and the amount of time he's coached and all the kids he's impacted and the things he's done. It's just, it's amazing. So hopefully, you know, we can, we can get that to, we can do that together um, next year. So, well, of course, your team didn't have any seniors on it this year, so everybody will be back and, and you got to be excited about the potential for next year's team. Oh, yeah, we're tremendously excited. And I just think if I think of one word with this team, um, this year it was growth, and I think uh, the thing that they don't maybe understand is I think they know how hard it was, but whenever you get back with that new season, 
you know, you never know what's going to happen. So obviously we're very excited and maybe we can get some contributions from kids. I know we've had a couple kids that were injured, um, Maisie Smith, Rylan Bating, and some other kids that are part of our program that can contribute and help to make us an even stronger team next year. Well, Dave, thanks a lot for coming tonight. I appreciate it and, uh, you know, enjoy the offseason. Oh, thanks, Dan. <laughs> we appreciate all the work you do for Ankeny Sports. You bet. All right. <clears throat> My final guest tonight is the head coach of the 10th-ranked Ankeny Centennial Boys Basketball Team, and he's guided the Jaguars to a 17-6 record. His squad will face Ankeny in the Substate Final on Tuesday at Southeast Polk. Is Bob Fontana. Coach, thanks for joining me. How you doing? Thanks, Dan. I'm doing good. How you doing? I'm doing all right. It's been a long day, but that's all right. It's an exciting time of year. <laughs> it's an exciting time of year. Yes, it is. Well, of course, uh, your team survived a tough matchup against Roosevelt to advance to the sub-state final. You know, do you think there's any benefit in having to come back from 12 points down to win a game like that as opposed to having an easy win? Yeah, I think there are a lot of positives. Yeah, I mean, it, it, uh, it shows that you can come back and against a, a very athletic team, very deep team, too. And, and uh, I, I was proud of how our kids kept their composure and, and showed some resiliency. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can go back and say, been there, done that before. Um, hopefully you're not in those situations very often, but you, you know you can do it. Well, let's break down the matchup against Ankeny. Of course, you guys held Carson Johnson to 15 points in the first meeting back in December, and your team ended up winning by 12. Uh, in the rematch earlier this month, Carson went off for 38 points, and Ankeny pulled away for a 13-point win. You know, so there's no question that Carson is always a key guy for the Hawks. You know, do you feel like if you can stop him or at least contain him a little bit, that, you know, maybe that's the biggest key for your squad? Well, I think it's one of the keys. I think, I mean, a, a guy like him, I mean, he, he's been playing very, very well at a very high level. Obviously, he's won he's been over 30 points six or seven times. Uh, you, you don't see that that often, you know, of a high school player. So, you know, you got to just do your best you can and defend him. Uh, but they have other weapons, too. I mean, they got, you know, they got a couple other guys who can shoot the three. They got guys that can drive it and score it. And, um, I think they've had, you know, a couple of their role players step up in big games here lately for them. So it, it's just going to take a solid team effort for us, you know, to have an opportunity to be victorious. Well, their team is built kind of similar to what your team is. I mean, you guys have a star point guard as well, and you have those role players that step up on occasion, and that, that's kind of been a big part of your success. So, I mean, and there are a lot of similarities between the two teams, what oh, do you say? I, I think, yeah. I mean, you look at the starting lineup, so start with that, there's nine seniors you know, in the starting lineup between the two teams. Uh, and you don't see that on a lot of high school teams either. So yeah, there's some similarities there. And then, yeah, just like you said, you know, really, really good point guards. Those, those two guys, you know, and I know there's going to be opinions that vary statewide, but in my opinion, those two guys, are they, they got to be the two best guards in the state of Iowa at the 4 level. Yeah, I haven't seen anybody uh, any better this year. Well, of course, uh, your point guard, Luke, has been every bit as good as Carson. Uh, he scored 30 or more points in three of the last four meetings against Ankeny. So it seems like you know, he saved some of his best games for the Hawks. You know, if he can win that one-on-one -on -one matchup against Carson, you know, do, do you think that would give you guys an edge? Well, yeah, I, Dan, I don't, I don't know if we call it a one-on-one -on -one matchup. I just, you know, there, there's two great great players, great kids going to battle. And, and, and I think both kids would say, hey, you know, it's two teams going at it. It's not us two guys going at it. Even though if you, if you were an outsider looking at the last time we played, it looks like they, they both were having a one-on-one -on -one game. Oh, for sure. Well, and I know those two guys have guarded each other a little bit, but maybe not all the time. And I, I don't want you to get into your strategy and everything, but I can understand why neither you or Coach Carlson would have your, your star guard guard the other one because you can't afford to get him in foul trouble, can you? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's like, do you want to take that chance or not, you know? So, um, and it'll be, I'm sure they're bringing officials from a different part of the state that, 
that uh, haven't even seen these two guys play unless they unless they grab some tape and look at it, you know. So, um, yeah, you know, you just, just got to you got to uh, obviously game plan for those two guys, and then you got to obviously game plan for other guys too. So sometimes it comes down to you know what pick your poison. Right. Well, Luke set a single-game school record with 37 points in the last meeting, you know, so he basically matched Carson's 38. Uh, but the rest of your team went just 10 of 28 from the field, you know, and you can't afford to have that happen again, can you? No, I don't think you can in any game. I mean, you got to have guys step up. Just like the other night, those two juniors for us came off the bench and were huge. That was 16 of our points. Um, so, you know, and if you go back to uh, the first time we played Ankeny or other big ones we've had, we've you know we've had more of a balance. I mean, yeah, Winkle might have got 30, he might have got 30, you know, here and there, but uh, we've had other guys step up, and so that, that's going to be a big moment. We well, told me the other night that the rebounding battle would be a key one in this game. Of course, when you won the first game, uh, you guys had a six-board advantage there. And then when you lost, you were minus three in that category. Uh, you know, it may not be as simple as just that one stat, but they all, all those stats add up, right? Well, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I think their coach would say the same thing. You can't give, can't give them second chances. And, and when you do, I think you're flirting with disaster. Well, one thing I noticed in looking back through the stats of those two games was how remarkably well played they were in terms of taking care of the ball because the two teams combined for only 20 turnovers total in two games. And that's, right. that's a, a very low number. I mean, you guys had two in, in the first game and just seven in the second game. And uh, if, if either team can force a few turnovers, that'd be huge as well. Yeah, it sure would. And I think that speaks volumes about the, the, the guard you have on each team, you know, taking care of the basketball. And, and the other kids, too, you know, making good decisions. So. And that, you know, I think any high school coach would say, that's a rarity. You guys only had 20 turnovers between the two of you in two games, yes. So, I mean, what coach wouldn't want that stat? When you talked about your role players stepping up the other night, and in your first uh, game against Ankeny, when you won that one, uh, Will Smith had eight points and eight rebounds. Uh, Cap Klingner just had had the one basket that was that go-ahead three-pointer with about three minutes left. And, and that's what you need, too, is you need those role players to step up in the big moments. Right. Just like I told you the other night, you know, you can have the greatest game plan and all that and execute the best, but it comes down, I call it to the Jim's and Joe's making plays and making plays at the, the times the plays need to be made. Well, I talked with Coach Carson a little bit about this uh, earlier. Of course, uh, the last meeting got a little chippy there in the second half. There was a double technical call. There was also an intentional foul that led to a technical, you know, and of course the stakes for this game are going to be even higher. So I'm sure it's going to be an, an intense atmosphere. Do you have to tell your guys to, to keep their emotions in check? Yeah, you, you just you know, keep your emotions under control. And, <clears throat> don't get caught up in, in uh, you know, anything across lines. And don't get caught up in anything from the crowd. And, and keep your keep your head down, keep your nose to the grindstone, and go to work. And let, let the coaches take care of the officials if there's any questions. One thing I was curious about, I hadn't thought about this until just now. Uh, I assume since Ankeny was the higher seat, so are, are they wearing the white home uniforms tomorrow? Yes, they're, they're wearing white and wearing black. All right. Well, uh, it should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. And I know you're focused on that game, but you're probably also interested in the other sub-state finals. As far as those matchups go, is there anything that kind of sticks out in your mind? Are you asking me based on who I think might win? Oh, if there might be any surprises or, or teams that might... Well, you know, when you look at, this, at this, the way the seedings came out, uh, every sub-state except one has one versus two. Right. And it's the, uh, the Valley Norwalk sub-state, which is one versus three. Um, but, you know... I would think that Cedar Rapids Kennedy is a heavy favorite over North Scott. <clears throat> Battendorf, Iowa City West, you know, I, Battendorf, I think, is early in the year, maybe it was a two-man squad. And I think they're playing better lately from what I know, which is not a lot of them, but 
that Iowa City was. I, I, I would not be surprised if Joaquin Northwest beats the Colts. Yeah, <clears throat> Coach Carlson told me he wouldn't be surprised by that one or even uh, Johnston beating two I think that's the next one I was going to talk about. I just think that shows you the depth and the toughness of our league. Um, you know, it, it's you're going to have the winner of us in Ankeny in the sub-state, or in the state tournament, but then you very well can see a Johnston, a Northwest, and a Valley. <clears throat> so half the field would be from our league. Oh, right. So, well, if you guys are able to, to go on and win, and if all the higher seeds win, you know, you could have an 8-1 matchup in, in the state tournament. You could play your, your old school at Cedar Rapids Kennedy. I'm sure you'd be happy to play anybody, but uh, that, that'd probably be an emotional game for you, wouldn't it? <laughs> I, yeah, I, honestly, I mean, I, I've thought about, you know, if we were fortunate enough to win, who we could play, and you know what, I just, you just want to get there. Then, then you worry about who you play. Um, and that, uh, yeah, you know, it's interesting about that. If that would happen, uh, like I said, I've told you before, I talk to those guys about once a week, once every 10 days or so. So that, that would be uh, uh, an interesting situation. Oh, for sure. And then they're, they're very good. They're very good. I mean, um, so as, as are, are the teams from our league, too. Um, you know, if you said, well, who do you think, if you had to project who's going to win the state championship, I would say it's either going to be Kennedy or somebody from our league. Yeah, you'd be a pretty good bet right there. Yeah. <laughs> well, it should be a great game tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Bob, I'll see you over there. Thanks for coming in. All right, thank you, Dan. Take you, care. You bet. All right, you've been listening to the Ankeny Fanatic Weekly Podcast, sponsored by Coldwell Banker Mid-America. At Coldwell Banker, you're not one of many clients. You're our most important client. We listen to your needs to develop long-lasting relationships and provide the best services, professional support, and resources in the industry. We are constantly exploring new and innovative ways to elevate your experience and exceed your expectations. Our network of resources allows us to be the number one Coldwell Banker franchise affiliate in Iowa, guiding you home for over 30 years. Well, I want to thank my guests again for coming in tonight. We had the area um, uh, managerial director uh, from Coldwell Banker, uh, Peter Jakus. I think I mispronounced his name earlier with the Z sound instead of the S, but it's Jakus, I believe. I uh, appreciate his time tonight. Enjoyed meeting him. And then we had the boys basketball coaches, Brant Carlson of Ankeny and Bob Fontana of Centennial and Centennial girls assistant, Dave Runchy. Appreciate the time from all those folks. And come back uh, next week for another edition of the Ankeny Fanatic Weekly Podcast.